I have done a lot of cool things in my life. Okay, maybe not a lot, but you know, like some cool things. Honestly, this podcast might be the coolest though. Welcome to the never mind. We are celebrating 500,000 downloads on the podcast. That number is like inconceivable in my brain. Half a million times someone has said, hmm, I wonder if this could help me. And then they pressed play and hung out with us in the anxious therapist community. This is so freaking cool. Oh my gosh, how are we going to celebrate? Well, by talking about mental health, of course. Are you ready? Let's do this. Y'all are wild. You are wild. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this community, this safe space. My favorite, and I know so many of you listen and you're like, she would never respond, so I'm not going to reach out. Or like, that's not my jam to reach out. Maybe you don't do social media, whatever. My absolute favorite thing in the world is when you guys send me a message. Usually it's on Instagram, at the anxious therapist. And you're like, holy shit, episode number blank spoke to me. Like, thank you for saying what I needed to hear or I so resonate with that. It feels like you were in my brain. That shit lights me up. Like every time I'm not sure if I want to talk about a certain topic on the podcast or share a certain experience, I think about those messages and how just one person might resonate with that story or that experience, that tip or trick. And to me, that's worth sharing. So as always, this whole podcast was created for you. It has been extremely therapeutic for me to share my journey, to support you in this capacity. But every time I show up, it is for you. So thank you for being here. Today, we are going to chat about my mental health journey, where I'm at, some updates I have for you guys regarding um, my trauma healing process, medications, struggles I'm having in real time. So let's jump into it. As you know, I've been in therapy since earlier this year, sometime this spring of 2022. I don't know when you're listening to this. And it's now October of 2022. And I've consistently been going to therapy, putting in the work. We're doing a combination of EMDR and uh, accelerated resolution therapy, which both involve bilateral stimulation. I've talked about this on prior episodes. I'm not going to get into the detail of those therapeutic interventions. I do, however, want to chat about the struggles that I'm having because I am currently in the season of it gets worse before it gets better. I've had a significant uptick in mental health symptoms and the intensity and severity of my symptoms has drastically increased. Now, this is the point in therapy that uh, if you're a mom, if you're labored and given birth, That moment when you start saying, I can't do it, I can't take it, it's too much, I I can't do this, okay, that moment, everybody who's ever given birth knows that that is the transition point. 
all the doctors, all the nurses, your midwives, your doulas, your team, everyone at that point knows the baby is coming, right? It is at that moment when a woman thinks she cannot go any longer that she is about to birth the baby. So that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) I am in that transition where about two months ago, I was at a point where I told my therapist, you know, I want to be done. I like flat out told her, I feel like I'm good and putting in this healing work, you know, I could do this forever. We all have enough shit to just be in therapy forever. At what point do I just say, I'm grateful for the life that I have and move on. And she just laughed. And then I started to laugh and I was like, okay, yeah, I know that sounds stupid. We have work to do. I'm here for it. Let's do it. So I'm showing the fuck up. Very powerful sessions. And now shit sucks. My mental health has sucked ever since we started digging into things. I have wildly vivid nightmares. I wake up drenched in sweat. Like the entire collar of my shirt is sopping wet. I have to get up and like splash cold water on my face and do everything I can to not slip back into the nightmare when I go lay back down. I have been wildly irritable, irrationally angry. I've been numb for days on end. I have had some incredibly debilitating intrusive thoughts that my brain runs wild with and I can't shake. It has been terrible. I won't try to sugarcoat it. I won't try to, you know, say, oh, but it's all worth it. Um, We know that. We know that the work is always worth it, but that's not helpful to hear right now. This is just the reality. I wasn't sleeping. When I was, I was having terrible nightmares. My medication seemed to only make me numb. So here's where I'm at. The past week, uh, I finally started sleeping. I think that's a combination of things. I'll just share what I'm doing for that right now. So I decided that I needed to see... First of all, I don't want to be on meds forever. You guys know that. I'm not interested in you know being someone who takes meds for the rest of her life because I don't think I, I need that. There's no judgment against someone who does. A lot of mental health disorders require that type of intervention. And if it's working for you, fucking awesome. I think that's amazing. I not only believe that meds aren't super effective for me, but I am using them as like grease on the chains of my bike right now. I am still pedaling. I am still balancing. I am still steering. I am putting in all the work. Meds are just a little extra support at this point. And I don't have to grease the chains of my bike every day, right? So in the future, it'll be a well-oiled machine and I'll be good to go without the medications. That is my plan. That is my goal. So I've thought about coming off of my meds. Um, I'm not going to do that while I'm in the midst of 
all of this trauma therapy. I've also only been on meds for a few months. So like really I'm just now getting to a point where my body has has and is adjusting to them and getting used to them and, you know, using it effectively to help with the neurotransmitters in my brain. So I want to give it a chance, right? To support me. But anyway, um, back to my sleep because I know that's such a huge trigger. I'm like all over the place. You guys are used to it by now. My sleep being such an issue, I thought, okay, if I'm not going to be on meds forever, right? I'm not interested in taking trazodone anymore. It makes me so incredibly groggy. It gives me a headache the next day. It's like this hungover feeling. It's been almost two years since I've had a drop of alcohol and I still have this like nasty hungover feeling whenever I do take the trazodone. So I'm just not interested in using that at all. It's not effective for me. It doesn't even help me sleep more, you know, efficiently or whatever. I don't know. It's not more restful sleep when I do take it even. So what's the point? So that's off the table. Uh, But what can I be doing? That was my question to myself. What else can I be doing? I I move my body every day. I spend time outside. I get a lot of sunshine, fresh air. You know, I, what else, what is missing, right? That I have good sleep hygiene, meaning I sleep in the dark, in cool temperatures. Um, You know, there's no distractions, noises, light, I don't look at my phone for an hour before bedtime. I read, I, you know, drink a sleep aid with melatonin and like all this good stuff in it right before bed. What is missing? What else can I possibly be doing? When it occurred to me that my nutrition is likely a huge part of the problem. That half a pint of ice cream I'm eating before bed most nights is not allowing my body to shut down and and rest and recover it is still awake processing and digesting food and a high sugar food at that and so I thought hmm you did a little research oh it turns out yeah eating too close to bed that could have an impact on your sleep. Okay, good to know. Oh, shit, look at this. More of my research, the connections between the majority of the serotonin in your body is created in your gut. So when I'm choosing to eat foods like processed sugars and stuff like that, I am literally fueling depression, meaning giving it more energy, more control over my life. And taking away from all of the good that serotonin produces in my body. Wow. So gut health and mental health have this huge connection. Interesting. So what happens if I tweak my nutrition? And this is where I focus on adding things in. I will not return to a restrictive lifestyle where I can't have that. I can't have this. I, I'm not allowed, you know, no, we're not doing that. We're not calorie counting. We're not, we're not, but what, what can I add in? Well, I can add in more water. I can add in more fruits, more vegetables, but the biggest thing I'm focusing on is adding in more protein. I work out every single day. Unlike their home workouts, but they're hard. If you've ever done home workouts, they're tough. I have, you know, dumbbells that I use. My muscles are sore and I'm not recovering well because I can go days at a time 
without consuming a good source of protein, okay? I just am not a huge meat eater. I don't have a problem with it. I like meat. It's just, to me, lunch sometimes is chips and salsa or cheese and crackers or a salad with no meat or protein on it, right? So that's just kind of how I roll. And I've been really intentional about adding in more things, adding in protein. And I have removed late night eating. So I'm eating a really satisfying, wholesome dinner, usually right after Lars goes to bed. So I'm done eating by seven o'clock at night. I usually go to bed at 10. So now my body has had three hours to digest my last meal and get ready to rejuvenate itself when I go to sleep. That has been the most effective change I have made in my sleeping hygiene. My sleep scores have skyrocketed since I started changing my nutrition a little bit and adding in more protein. Now, am I telling you to add in more protein? Nope. 100% am not. I am not a nutritionist. I am literally just discovering what works well for my body. And I would encourage you to do the same. I would encourage you to look at your nutrition from a lens of what can I add in rather than this obsession of what do I need to take away? You know, oh, now I can't have Diet Coke anymore. Now I can't have cookies. Now I can't have pizza. Now I can't have, you know, that muffin that I usually have for breakfast. No, you don't need to worry about that. Instead, just focus on adding in other good things that, you know, work well with your body. So that's what I'm doing. And it's been a game changer. Uh, The past week, I have been sleeping so much better. I would say my sleep score, which is out of 100, has increased on average by 20 to 30 points. I'd have to look to do the math. Um, I'm typically in like the 40s and 50s. Okay, meaning I don't usually get any deep sleep. I don't stay asleep for more than an hour at a time. And it's not restful. So I'm tossing and turning. And I literally thought at one point that I had restless leg syndrome because of how poor my sleep was. Now I can confidently say I don't think I have any external or internal issue with my sleep. I literally think it was my food choices. (laughs) <laughs> that was keeping me awake at night. That that was a huge part of it. I also think my cycle plays into it. Um, so I had my period. Uh, you know, this is my first week off of my period. And my sleep cut was way better. So it was really bad when I was on my period. I'm going to pay attention to patterns with that. Figure out if there's certain times of the month that my sleep struggles. Right? So all of that is something I'm being mindful of. Uh, Which leads me into, I am back to bullet journaling and free journaling, right? Like I have two different journals going right now. I was doing it all in my bullet journal, but I decided to dedicate a separate journal just for reflections and writing. So my bullet journal I'm using to track things like my mood, my sleep scores, my menstrual cycle, um, patterns in behavior. So things like tapping, which I'm adding in. Um, meditating, movement, time outside. I track all of those things so that I can pay attention to like, oh, if I didn't sleep well, you know, one night, what did I do the day before? Or, oh, I noticed that every time of month at this point, 
you know, my mood tanks and my sleep tanks or whatever. I can, I can form patterns by tracking. So that's where I'm at with those things. But what I really wanted to get into today, the juicy part of today's episode is an anger outburst I had the other day. You guys know I love to throw myself under the fucking bus. So Derek and I got into a little spat. I fucking lost it. I lost my mind. Um, I walked away after trying to have a conversation where we were not seeing eye to eye. And I said, I need to remove myself before I lose it. Which resulted in a slammed door and coming and sitting on my bed. And I did tapping. I did some tapping. I did some deep breathing. I'll share more about tapping in the future. It's something new that I'm utilizing. Um, Oh, I want to kind of learn about it, explore it for myself before I share any insight about it. But I was able to regulate. When I returned and we tried the conversation again, it tanked. Did not go well. More yelling, more lashing out, more not understanding each other. We tried a third time and we were finally able to see each other's point of view and come to terms. But I lost it. We haven't fought like that in ages. I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. The amount of rage I was feeling was not at all proportionate to the situation. And it really freaked me out. Anger is an emotion that I'm not particularly comfortable with anyway. Um, It's distressing. I don't like to feel angry. I don't like how I behave when I'm angry. It doesn't align with the person that I, you know, am or who I want to be. So that leads to this shame spiral of like, who are you? Why are you behaving this way? You know, you, you suck. You're not a good person. You're a horrible wife, right? It leads to all of those thoughts. And the only reason I'm sharing this with you is because I like to share the behind closed doors. You see the smiling, happy family photos. You see the love. You see the, you know, kind words and gestures. And we forget how nasty our mental health can be. You know, oh yeah, Jacqueline struggles with her mental health, but I bet she never yells at her husband. Oh sure, Jacqueline struggles with her mental health, but... I bet she handles it really well. I bet she's always able to take a deep breath and calm herself. I bet she's always still able to do the right thing and cope really well. Nope, I'm not. I can't. I walked in the bathroom and I took a Xanax, the first time I've ever taken one. They were prescribed to me a couple of months ago, and I haven't taken one since. I took one. Well, first of all, it did nothing for me. Literally nothing. I felt nothing from it. Um, but I tried. I took something to try to help myself calm down. Uh, and get out of my head a little bit because I was getting so anxious and overwhelmed with this conflict we were having. And I don't want you to forget that. That it gets ugly. That it's messy. Relationships are like that sometimes. So we resolved it. We moved on. Things are fine now. We're, We're growing from it. We're growing through it. My relationship with my husband, Derek and I grow simultaneously with my healing journey. 
as I am going through the growing pains from my trauma work, our relationship starts going through growing pains because I am changing. And I don't think we talk about that enough. So as you're healing, as you're learning more about yourself, as you start communicating more effectively and getting your needs met, your relationships will change. And that's a good thing. And growing pains are tough. They hurt. They're painful. It's a lot of work. So that's the season I'm in right now. A lot of growing pains. And externally, you wouldn't know anything was different. I still work as a therapist, as a mental health coach, as a full-time mom. I laugh. I play with my son. I go on walks. I'm still moving my body every day. You know, I have normal conversations with my loved ones. Like, from the outside, you wouldn't know. But on the inside... I'm hurting. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm rehashing some of my greatest childhood traumas. I am discovering patterns of why I am the way that I am and how it connects to the experiences I've had in this lifetime. And it hurts. It's a lot of fucking work. I'm tired and depleted. I'm really exhausted from it. And I'm going to keep going. I will keep fighting. I will continue to lead by example and show what's possible when you have the resources, support, and safe space to do this kind of work. Now, that being said, self-therapy is absolutely a thing. If you're not able to seek a therapist's you know, professional support at this time for whatever reason, time restraints, financial restraints, you know, waiting lists. My God, we don't have enough therapists in the world to go around right now. So I know like even getting in to see someone is nearly impossible. I understand. I hear you. Self-therapy is real. So like not even a fraction of the work that I'm doing right now is being done in that hour therapy session every week, every other week. I literally spend hours every single day reflecting, growing, challenging myself, trying new skills, learning about new things, exploring what works and what doesn't with my body and my brain every single day. All of that is self-therapy, doing your own journal prompts and exploration of why you are the way that you are. There is so much work that you can do that doesn't cost a dime if you're willing to put in the time and energy to explore what you need. That's the kind of stuff that I'm doing with my coaching clients too, is teaching them how to take control of their own healing journey. So little plug, if you want to work together, reach out, let me know. I'd love to be your coach if we both think that it's a good fit. 
So that's my update. Half a million downloads. Jacqueline's still kicking butt in her healing journey. And she's in a ton of pain. (laughs) That is the reality of life right now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I am proud of myself. I'm proud of you. We are mental health fucking warriors. And we get to do this together. You are worth it. In case no one's told you lately, you are worth it. That's been my mantra when I'm in the depths of it. I'm struggling, you are worth it. My past self and my future self are thanking me. My past self is like, oh, finally, we have a safe space to be heard and seen and work through this. And my future self is saying, oh my God, thank you for addressing this so that we can have the life that we will someday have. We're doing the fucking work. It seems invisible to most people. They can't see the kind of work that we're putting in. This emotional intensity is real and I am proud of us. I believe in you. Thank you for putting in the work.